Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon. One of our favorite topics to discuss here is advocacy. How can nurses become better advocates for themselves, for the profession, and for their patients, especially when it comes to legislative policy? Today, we're so privileged to have Dr. Marketa Huskova, DNP, MAIA, BARN, and she is the executive director of ANAC as our guest. ANAC is the American Nurses Association California and is the largest professional association for registered nurses in California. Under Marquetta's leadership, ANAC has taken a sharp focus on advocacy, launching the ANAC Advocacy Institute and hosting their annual RN Day, Registered Nurse Day, at the Capitol, which is taking place on April 3rd of this year. In this episode, we'll talk more with Marquetta about the role of advocacy in advancing nursing practice and improving patient outcomes, strategies for successful advocacy efforts at the state and national level, and the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion in advocacy, and so much more. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Marquetta, for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for your kind invitation. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, absolutely. And there's so much to talk about. So we'll go ahead and dive right in. And Marquetta, you have such a diverse background, having worked as a policy advisor for so many organizations, including the European Parliament, a California State Assembly campaign, and several different humanitarian and healthcare organizations. Can you walk us through your journey for a bit? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> your podcast is only 20 minutes, so I think I really need to uh, need to uh, shorten my version. I know it's I've always been interested in politics and in policy. I just didn't know how to get uh, to it uh, through nursing or, or healthcare. From Czech Republic, uh, I was in nursing school or I just ended nursing school and uh, I was born under the communist regime. And so uh, at the end of nursing School, there was this velvet revolution in Czech Republic where we finally uh, kicked out the communists from our government. Well, you know, 30 years later, they're back in government, but that's a different story. But back then, 30 years ago, 32 years ago, um, we um, we finally, uh, after 40 years, we had first democratic election, parliamentary election, and I was volunteering and I was part of the um, administration change in my hospital where I just started to work. And that's where I realized how, uh, what an incredible voice we have as nurses. I actually, back then, I even registered that it was as a nurse. I just realized what an incredible voice we have as human beings, as people, as individuals, that when we get together, we can make these incredible changes. And only as my uh, nursing career progressed, I realized, and especially over the last 20 plus years in America, I realized the incredibly privileged position that registered nurses occupy in the United States. Um, It is not an accident that for past 21 years, we have been ranked as the most honest and trustworthy profession. And so this gives us um, this incredible position of power and influence. And I always quote Spider-Man, with great power comes great Mm -hmm. responsibility. And so it's important that we use our influence and we use our power and we use it for good. So I am always trying to advance good causes, humanitarian causes, policy causes. Um, And and I started in European Parliament because in 2005, um, Czech Republic was admitted to the European Parliament. And the same people, we did the revolution together 
together in our hospitals, I was kind of moving with them to Czech national parliament, to European parliament. And so, and then, uh, then when I was able to study in America, I brought all those um, experiences and all that to study politics in America. I studied democracy and globalization. And because it was really important for me to figure out how to advance democracy and how to advance healthcare. Without healthcare and access to healthcare, you cannot have democracy. You can't have people dying of famine. You cannot have stable political system. And so we as nurses are everywhere. We have huge influence, huge political power, but I don't think we know how to um, utilize it. And so mm -hmm. I think that's why we're here together, right, to, to discuss it today. So my story yes. is, is interesting, but I just want to tell you one more thing. I always talk about the importance of running for political office. And I'm talking, I don't know, a uh, PTA or, uh, uh, you know, community college board, no matter what office, at no matter what level. And yet, when in 2014, I was asked, do you want to run for the, for the you know, seat at the European Parliament? And I was highly educated. I was at that moment, I was 20 years in politics. And my initial reaction was like, oh my God, I can't, like, what would I do there? And then I'm like, hang on, like, if, if I can't, who else should? So it's really looking at it from a different point of view and really realizing that we are highly skilled, highly trained, highly educated, and our influence is everywhere and should be everywhere, and especially at the key mm -hmm. decision, uh, key decision makers and key stakeholders meetings. And so that's why I'm here. Yes, absolutely. You've had such an incredible journey. We are so grateful that you are involved in the work that you do. And I really like that you mentioned about nurses having the influence, having the, the expertise to really dive into this work. And I think that that's an area of opportunity for us as nurses to really hone in on that expertise and that voice that we do have to, to advocate for our work and to advocate for others in, in the healthcare industry. So I do feel that that's really powerful and really excited to tell, to talk more about that. And you know, in terms of your work with the ANAC, I'm curious to know what some of the projects that you're currently working on and what are you most proud of? Um, before I answer this question, I just want to say that while you and I, we agree on the fact that we have these transferable skills and that we are highly qualified for the public policy arena, that it is the one number one barrier I hear from nursing and nursing students all around the country that they feel that they are not prepared, that they don't have the skills to talk to public officials. And yet, when I start to talk about our ability to evaluate and plan and implement and perform and figure out uh, uh, complicated um, situation and solutions, how fantastic we are in uh, complicated teamwork, right? because we do it mm -hmm. every day at work, um, how wonderful we are in conflict resolutions and, and how important uh, you know, performing evaluations on our work, how important that is. And I'm thinking, just take exactly what you do every day in your work already and just take it outside the facility or outside the institution and do the same because without public health and right. without nursing influence nothing nothing changes nothing happens right from clean water to uh to clean air to transportation to social determinants of health to uh food and shelter right we we are to play role and in 
to have important influence in every aspect. So I think mm -hmm. that that's something that we need to really educate nurses on. But back to what ANAC is doing, uh, it's it's been real honor and real privilege to be leading this organization and especially um, you know, having board of directors with such vision and education and trust in, in me and, um, and, and the team I work here with, Teresa and Jared and Chelsea and, and our uh, lobbyist Roxanne, um, we've been very fortunate to, uh, to develop uh, ANAC Advocacy Institute. And it actually started from 2019 when I got DNP and I developed public policy toolkit. And so based on the toolkit, we developed Institute where we this year, this is the second year or third year, and we have six fellows now working on advancing policy uh, issues and advancing uh, the profession of nursing in California. And starting in May 2023, we have our, our next cohort of, of, of policy of policy fellows. And it's it's been really wonderful to see how excited other nurses are about politics and policy like me. So it's it's, it's just it's fantastic and this is the way how we are really empowering nurses it all started with our RNA at the capital when I came when I started as a volunteer in an ANAC in 2015 or so um, I was a volunteer for I think a couple of years and so that was the one really um, successful event we did was the RNA at the capital it was absolutely incredible in the fact that we brought nurses and speaking of removing barriers we brought nurses and we actually brought them inside the state capital and I I saw the difference when they got through the entryway and got through the security, then walking mm -hmm. through those beautiful hallways and sitting in that beautiful uh, uh, room 4202, um, which is, you know, the committee hearing room. And then something changed. They saw that officials don't have two heads <laughs> they're human beings just <laughs> like you and I <laughs> they're absolutely normal and so it was really important to follow in in the tradition of bringing nurses to the state capital however COVID started and then they found asbestos mm. in the state capital oh, no. so it's closed now so they don't have meetings <laughs> I, there anymore so oh, no. so now in, in April 2023 we have a virtual um, a day at the day at the capital, but we all found that while we cannot bring 200 nurses inside state capital, we can influence and advocate and educate 800 nurses on our Zoom. Right, it's two and a half mm -hmm. hours. It starts at nine. It ends at it ends at 11:30 or so. Last year we had 670 attendees. The year before we had 850 attendees, and that's maybe uh, one of the good things that the pandemic started that we are able to really educate and, and empower way more nurses and nursing students. And actually speaking of nursing students, on Monday, April 3rd, we have our regular R&D at the Capitol. And then this is the second or third year where we are um, uh, partnering with the uh, Student Nurses Association and we are doing pre-licensure lobby day. And when we are talking about the importance mm. of nursing students being involved in politics and policy. And so we are hoping That's to amazing. have you know educated, empowered, I don't know, a thousand people over two days. and. And yeah, and that's wonderful to know. That's wonderful to see happening. That's amazing. Thank you for highlighting those different events and really excited to hear about the work of the ANAC's Advocacy Institute. And something I will go back to what you mentioned before in terms mm -hmm. of having more nurses really, you know, feeling comfortable about pursuing this work. I will share when I was a nurse practitioner student, 
I was really fortunate that my professors had encouraged us as part of our program to actually talk to our congressmen, assemblymen, and go to attend lobby day and and go to really speak to these different um, these different members of our you know political representatives in person. It was a really life changing moment, I would say, in my career to actually talk with them. And I can't stress enough how empowering that is to be able to do that as a nurse. So I really, really um, do appreciate that you mentioned that. So I, I think it's something that nursing programs can absolutely do to ignite that interest early on, because that's absolutely something that nurses can contribute to. And uh, I will say, too, that in terms of hearing about the, you know, more about the RN day at the Capitol, very excited to hear that there's been so much participation. I mean, having 800 to 1000 nurses really involved, even virtually is no easy feat. I believe that's, that's really great to hear. And and I was, I would say too, in, in terms of all the, the challenges I know with COVID, having this switch to virtual, uh, was there any other types of things that you'd hope could be improved upon for these different events or these different ways that nurses can get involved in, in these different events? Absolutely. And it was actually not my idea. It, it was idea of Eric and Chelsea at our, at our office when they started storming, wonderful things happen. And so they came up with this idea of, of having these pop-up local events where we're going to be talking about advocacy, about specific regional issues, where we're going to bring specific bills once we know what the bills are about. We're going to be bringing them uh, to, to the public and to our, uh, to our members and to our non-members in, 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 in smaller regional events. And and so we wanted to do it in, I think, 2021, but COVID prevented that. So I think that is something that we will be we will be um, uh, kicking off, I think, in a couple of months. And I think we're starting in Sacramento. And uh, so let's see if people want to go back to in-person events and if they want to meet up for a couple of hours and talk about issues and, and meet with me and meet with Roxanne and meet with a couple of our board members based on where we are, uh, uh, where we are located in, in all over California, we're hoping that it will be another way how we can remove the barriers and bring it a little bit closer to our members and even non-members, just, just to nurses in general, because it's really important to know that that as a nurse and, and as a human being, you have every right to participate in a political process. And we don't have to agree on everything. That's not what politics is about. Politics is about uh, being involved and being engaged and using our education and our specialties and experiences for good and to be advancing the profession of nursing. I think meeting, especially if we go going to um, smaller local events. Uh, one of the most important um, topics we're going to be talking about, who those elected representatives are in your district, where their offices are, and how to reach out to them. Because they usually, until Thursday, they're all in Sacramento, and then elected officials go back to their district. So usually Friday and Saturday, they have plenty of events in their district. It's a fantastic opportunity to just step up and say, hey, my name is Marketa. I am your constituent. I am a registered nurse. I would like to see what your, uh, what your priorities in healthcare are, or how can be a resource to your work. Because let's be honest, we still don't have a nurse in California State Assembly. There is not one nurse. There are a couple mm -hmm. of three physicians, but there is not one nurse. And so if nobody's going to be waiting for us to be part of political discussions, political discussions are ongoing. There is never political vacuum. 
So if we are not at the table, somebody else is. And so nobody else will be advocating for our own interest if we are not there. Mm -hmm. So Roxanne always talks about how if you're not part, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So let's be at the (laughs) table. It's a better place. (laughs) Right, exactly. And you've spoken about the importance of nurses as advocates and also the different skills and expertise that nurses bring to health policy advocacy. And I'm wondering if you could share some examples of some successful nursing-led advocacy efforts in healthcare policy that you know of, and what lessons can can we learn from those? Well, I think that uh, that one of the most successful, even though yet kind of a um, little bit strained victory, was the huge coalition of, I think, around 70 healthcare and social justice organizations working to advance uh, for full practice authority for nurse practitioners. It was the AD, Assembly Bill 890, and we worked very closely with our coalition partners, led by California Association for Nurse Practitioners. They did absolutely amazing job. And the reason that AB 890 was then signed into law by Governor Newsom is that um, we all learn from the mistakes we did before uh, uh, of trying to either do full practice authority for all APRs that, you know, I think that those were uh, some of the uh, political uh, coalitions initial. And then we, I think that we all realized that maybe uh, making it a little bit more group um, specific group focused only. So we started with nurse practitioners and uh, and I've been in, in California, I mean, in, in Sacramento since 2014, 2015. And that was, I think, the third attempt to possible practice authority for nurse practitioners. Mm-hmm. And so it's been an, an ongoing effort over the last, I think, 25 plus years, at least from what, what I remember hearing from uh, my colleagues. And so that is a massive success, even though there are there were some amendments that had to be accepted um, in order to get to focus authority. Because as I said, it's politics, nobody should get anything in politics, it's all about compromise. And sometimes compromises are hard, but but that is just how it should be. Um, but also, um, you know, one of the issues of the AB 890 is the 4,600 hours of uh, uh, transition to practice. And initial, we thought, how who came up with 4,600? 600 hours and it was just a political compromise and nobody mm-hmm. said that we cannot come back once we have data that nurse practitioners continue to provide excellent care with great patient outcomes nobody says that in a couple of years or so we cannot go back to the legislators and tell them look 4600 hours is completely ridiculous uh, other states have 2600 hours 2500 hours and their nursing nurse practitioners are also providing fantastic care you know perhaps there are other um, political campaigns that we can follow just to make sure that we can advance the profession of nursing and nurse practitioners have full practice authority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I have heard, I have been very familiar with the, the process for advocating for full practice authority for nurse practitioners in California and seeing Assembly Bill 890 come to pass is a huge, huge win for our nurse practitioners and, and nurses in general in California. Really great to see how those efforts have have come to fruition, uh, you know, with all the challenges that have been brought forward. And I was and I'm wondering, too, 
In terms of nursing advocacy, what ways can we also help to address healthcare disparities and promote promote health equity with some of this work that's being done? Well, I think that you know I, I can I can use the same example of AB eight ninety uh, was uh, that was authored by Assemblyman Jim Board, who is a forensic dentist from uh, Eureka, um, and I think that we can um, how we can advance equity, um, I think that the way we got Dr. Wood to see the importance of nurse practitioners, because if I remember correctly, a um, couple of years prior to him authoring this bill, he was opposing full practice authority for nurse practitioners. And then uh, the legislator created a commission for a future healthcare workforce, and Dr. Wood was one of the commissioners, and it was led by Grace mm-hmm. Lovelace. And so Dr. Wood was part of the commission. And then when he saw the uh, barriers to just basic primary care, where he saw, then especially in his district, how nurse practitioners are fulfilling the role of a, of a primary care provider. When he saw um, the fantastic patient outcomes and how patients were happy with the care of nurse practitioners, and when he saw all the education that is required, and that was done by nurse practitioners, right? The education of mm-hmm. your elected officials, all that led to Dr. Wood from being uh, from being opposed to full practice nurse, practice authority for nurse practitioners. He authored the bill and, and for over two years, he was fighting for nurse practitioners. And it was thanks to his tenacity and his now understanding of nurse practitioners and their work and how uh, hugely beneficial they are to, to be increasing access to care. All of a sudden, he was the author. And thanks to him, we have AB 890 and Governor Newsom signed it in law. So what? how else can you be showcasing the, the huge influence and the, um, the, the huge role nurses play when they could educate one elected official and look the change? That's the power we have. I just don't think that we are harnessing it, but that's the power we have. Absolutely. We have so much untapped p- potential as nurses and as advanced practice nurses as well. And and as you uh, demonstrated too with that example of AB 890, that is a great example of how we've had nurses help to address healthcare disparities, promote health equity, and also incorporate the needs of our marginalized and underrepresented communities. And I do, I do um, believe that nurses are really great at that, really addressing the the needs of patients. And you mentioned social determinants of health before. Nurses are really experts at that, you know, finding those needs that patients have when it comes to the social determinants of health, when it comes to their healthcare disparities, and then addressing them. And this is just another level for how nurses can do that. Couldn't and, agree more with you. Absolutely. And I do want to add to in terms of, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, are there any ways that health policy advocacy efforts can better incorporate these perspectives and needs for our marginalized and underrepresented communities? Well, I think it's it's all about just if we take one step, one step at a time. Um, it's important that, let's say, the future of nursing report, 2030 report, one of the recommendations is that nurses should be, of course, should be part of policy and politics, but they should also be paid right, for their role and for their positions of doing policy. 
and politics in order to advance profession of nursing. Because many nurses do it on top of their career, on top of their jobs, by perhaps serving on boards and serving on coalitions. Um, but we also need to really start focusing on placing more nurses in positions where they are advancing social determinants of health policies and when they're advising the decision makers. And that's, I think, a major, um, I think that major shortcomings that we have because we don't have many nurses in those positions. Look, in California, we have, what well, I don't know, half a million registered nurses and there are three full-time uh, people who are advancing policy. And that's your CEO, Dr. Kimberly Long. It's Dr. Eric Chan at Health Impact, which is the California mm -hmm. nursing workforce, and it's me at ANA California. We have a half a million registered nurses. We have three full-time nurses working on advancing policy in California. Only three. We have half a million registered nurses, right? Mm -hmm. That should tell you that you know how how many steps we had to we have to yet take in order to really uh, highlight the importance of policy and politics in nursing and in healthcare. But you know, we're on our way. And you know, anytime a nursing school invites me to do presentation, anytime I am kindly invited to do podcast, we are changing that perception and we are changing that reality one step at a time. And I think that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do. If each of us make one step and if each of us make one change, we will we will have the power and we will have the influence that we can actually influence healthcare policy. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing the, the different nurse leaders, including yourself, um, who are working to advocate health policy in California. You know, Dr. Kimberly Long and Dr. Garrett Chan are longstanding members of ACNL, and they've been amazing advocates for our policy. You are a fantastic advocate as well for our, our nursing policy. And and there does need to be more of you all, more, more Marquetas and Garrett's and, and Kimberly's in, in the nursing profession to support this work because it there's absolutely a lot to be done. And and could you share a little bit too in terms of how how many bills there are now? You know, how much how much is out there now in terms of what's being worked on currently? Oh yeah. Uh, so today, um, uh, last uh, last Friday, um, there was a deadline for new uh, bills to be introduced at the California State Capitol, and so we have apparently this year, 2023, and the following session in 2024, because California Legislative Session is a two-year session. So we are just starting the first year, and so so far we have total of. 2,600, over 2,600 bills being introduced by last Friday at the California State Capitol. And I guarantee you that a large majority of those will have some kind of healthcare influence because no matter no matter how, no matter what the bill is asking to do from banking to farming to water delta to mining, there is always public health aspect and so to all these bills we should be we should be part in that discussion of course we cannot be part of all those discussions so we have to prioritize but I think that increasing access to care um, working on social determinants of health and, and and improving equity I think that this is California I believe that many of these bills will be um, trying to enshrine these very principles I think that reproductive health will continue to be really important aspect Aspect, mental health and especially mental health for healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be another important topic. And I'm just thinking that perhaps um, 
for disaster preparedness and you know preparedness for fire season. That's something that is really important to governing Newsom. And from three years ago, when just when the um, COVID started, um, he was really focused on homelessness. So I think he will continue his um, uh, he will continue on these priorities. Absolutely, and just given the number of bills that are currently in progress, I mean. 2,600 is a huge number. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to ask how- This is the him... most, yeah. This is oh, the yeah, most like, yeah. of the last decade. This is the most built oh, my ever goodness. in like more than 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge number. And there's there's clearly a lot that needs to be done. And, you know, what? how can nursing organizations and professional organizations really support their members, you know, support their nursing members to become effective advocates for health policy change? Yeah, um, it's um, it's it's a really great question. And so, first thing is, you know, the collaboration and cooperation and uh, sharing of resources and sharing of of uh, of events among nursing organizations. And and we work very hard in in achieving that. Um, then the next most important aspect is when we send you or whatever professional nursing association you are a member of, ACNL, ANAC. When you see an email from your professional organization asking you to click this link and uh, you know contact your elected official or call this number and tell them how important it is please do it because um it's we are trying to make it as easy on you as possible that there are links and phone numbers there's even talking points because when i go to the state capital me and roxanne group a fantastic lobbyist it's just the two of us but when mm-hmm. i come to let's say uh, uh, the, the chair of health committee, let's say, and he or she would tell me, you know, our members received thousands of calls from nurses across California on this very specific bills. They were telling us how important it is. I guess it is important that you should listen to. That's the power we have. But mm-hmm. that's, that's, the, that's the power we still don't know how to harness and we don't, uh, we don't, we don't capitalize on. So when you see a call to action, Please help us help to help us to advance the profession of nursing and and just be part of of this nursing advocacy so we can really improve the the, the, the situation and we can improve access to healthcare and we can improve access to nursing schools and um, we can work on social determinants of health because we cannot do it without you. I am here. This is my job and I'm very privileged to have it. But if I don't have my fellow nurses working with me, there is very little I can do by myself. Right. Absolutely. There's so much to be done. And and uh, I do like how you mentioned responding to the calls to action in our different professional organizations that are sharing this information with their members. And, you know, there's there's a lot more to talk about. Um, and for today, though, I do want to wrap up by asking one final question. You know, how can nurse leaders find out more about the upcoming RN Day at the Capitol and how can they join that? Well, um, it is on our website, www.anacalifornia.org, and it's under events. And so um, there is a RSVP, there is a registration link. And so please visit our website and it's right there. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Marquette, are there any final words that you'd like to share with our audience in terms of health policy or how they can be involved? Well, I think as, we, as we've talked about today, um, just realizing that there is not one registered nurse inside the state capitol and uh, realizing and recognizing very influential we are, what a privileged position we have in our society and realizing what an incredible uh, skills we have 
we really have the power to change health policy. We have it at our fingertips. Let's just make the first step. Let's step over the, I think, imaginary barrier and let's work together and let's really make sure that uh, that Sacramento will hear, will hear from nurses from Professional Nursing Association. And so we can work together and advance the profession of nursing. And so I think that would be absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Marketa, for joining us today. We will definitely have you back and, and we really appreciate your expertise. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And our guest today was Marketa Vskova. Executive Director of ANAC. You can find her on LinkedIn at Marketa Huskova, and we'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes as well. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at socialmedia at acnl.org and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook at ACNL Nurse. And as always, if you like the show, please remember to rate, review, and share. ACNL in Action is presented by the Association of California Nurse Leaders with new episodes on the first Friday of every month. To learn more about the show or ACNL in general, visit us at acnl.org. Thank you so much for listening.